Uh, but I do believe there is a word from God for us here this evening. I want to read from John chapter 11, read verses 1 through 4. And we'll be reading from a familiar story in Scripture for many of us. John chapter 11, and we'll read verses 1 through 4. And as you find that, let me just say how much I appreciate the hospitality and the generosity of this church. And it's always first class. Everything you do is always first class. And I believe that gives honor to God. John chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about the power of your testimony. And as we, this evening, we sang song after song of testimony. I just felt a witness in the Holy Ghost. I, we were just saying a few moments ago that he did it. And I felt something in this. That was not just lyrics to a song, but somebody was testifying to themselves. Somebody was looking back at what God had brought them through. And somebody was declaring that only God, only God could have done what he did. And I do believe that God wants to baptize us in this house with a fresh revelation of what our testimony can produce in our lives. And what our testimony can produce in the lives of others. The power of your testimony. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. I ask you now to anoint me. Give me your words to speak to the hearts and minds of your people. Let this be a living word that would take root in hearts and minds. And produce life in the days and the weeks and the months to come. And we'll be careful to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The English word testimony comes from the Latin word testis, which means witness. And I do believe that that is a fitting etymology of the word testimony because a testimony is indeed a statement that I was there. I heard it. I saw it. And I'm qualified to speak to it. I know firsthand what was done. I am a witness. So nobody really knows my testimony the way I know my testimony. Nobody knows your testimony the way you know your testimony. I know better than anybody where I've been. I know better than anybody what God has done. I am a witness to the goodness of God. I am a witness to the faithfulness of God. I am a witness to the mercy of God. I am a witness to the long-suffering nature of God. I am a a witness. Uh, But there are times in life where people can see some of the things that God has done in my life, and that can serve as a witness to them. They can see what God has done, and they can be a witness to what God is able to do. There's also a call in our Christian walk to share some of the things that God has done in our lives. There's a call in this Christian walk to be comfortable enough to tell people, you don't know my story. But let me just tell you what God has done in my life. 
Uh, you might not be able to tell by looking at me now where God has brought me through. You, you might not be able to tell by looking at me now where I was when God found me. Uh, let me tell you what God has done in my life. So we sometimes hear dramatic life stories and we hear testimonies of people who are well-known and admired around the world and people that many of us in this room uh, are familiar with, people that we celebrate. But today, uh, I hope to impress upon each person under the sound of my voice the power of your testimony. Uh, when I first began to write this, I was saying the power of a testimony. But it didn't take me long to amend that, to change this to the power of your testimony. I did not want this to be a generic statement about generic testimonies, but I want to talk to you about the power of your story that nobody else in the world has uh, your testimony. Uh, nobody else in the world uh, can impact the people uh, that you can impact uh, with your testimony. Uh, and the enemy would like nothing more uh, than to diminish the power uh, of your testimony. Uh, but hear me when I say uh, that your testimony uh, can change the lives uh, of people around you uh, and your testimony uh, can encourage you uh, like few other things uh, can encourage you our testimonies do indeed do many things for us our testimony can produce hope in us the bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb we understand that we all know that we can't overcome without the blood of the lamb but it also says and by the word of our testimony Something happens when you uh, declare the goodness of God. Something happens to your mind and your spirit uh, when you declare and remind yourself uh, of what God has done. Uh, when you talk to yourself uh, and remind yourself uh, of what God uh, has brought you through. I'm a big believer in reviewing your testimony. I preach about reviewing your testimony uh, all the time uh, because I believe there's danger uh, in forgetting your testimony. Uh, I believe there's danger in forgetting uh, what God has done uh, and where God uh, has brought you from. One of the biggest problems the children of Israel faced when they came out of Egypt was that they had forgotten what their testimony really was. They had forgotten what their captivity was really like. They quit reminding themselves of all the sleepless nights, the pain. They quit reminding themselves of all the children that they lost. They quit reminding themselves of the 400 years where they cried out for freedom. They forgot the miracles that God had performed. They forgot what God had delivered them from. And that allowed the enemy to paint the picture that he wanted to paint. Because he began to whisper and say, at least when you were in Egypt, you had bread. At least when you were in Egypt, you had water. And they began to forget where God really brought them from. And they found themselves somehow wanting to go back to captivity. But I would to God that somebody would make up your mind. I'm going to review my testimony. I'm not going to forget every sleepless night. I'm not going to forget where I was when God found me. Uh, God knew that the children of Israel could possibly do this, and he tried to warn them against this. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore 
to your fathers, uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, to give you large and beautiful cities uh, which you did not build, uh, houses full of all good things uh, which you did not fill, uh, hewn out wells uh, which you did not dig, uh, vineyards and olive trees uh, which you did not plant. Uh, when you have eaten uh, and are full, uh, then beware uh, lest you forget the God uh, who brought you out of the land of Egypt uh, from the house of bondage. Uh, he's saying, don't get so comfortable uh, that you forget where uh, I brought you from. Uh, don't get Get so sanctified that you forget where you were when I found you. Don't forget what I've done in your life. And your testimony can serve as direction for the generations to follow. In Psalms chapter 71, David was now an old man looking back, reflecting on his life. He says, starting at verse 15. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. And now also when I'm old and gray-headed, oh God, uh, do not forsake me uh, until I declare your strength uh, to this generation uh, and your power uh, to everyone uh, who is to come. Uh, can I talk to the elders uh, of Eastwind uh, for just a few minutes? Uh, don't forget to tell the young people uh, what God has done uh, in your life. Uh, don't forget to tell this generation uh, that I used to be, I was uh, where you are right now. Uh, I used to be uh, where you are right now, but let me tell you how God brought me through. Let me encourage you that the same God who did it for me is able to do it for you. Uh, my God, uh, don't be so concerned with looking sanctified and holy that you don't want to tell the young people, that you don't want to tell your children the things that God has brought you through. Your testimony can also produce hope in people who are lost. Can produce hope in the people in this world. First Corinthians chapter 6 talks about how the unrighteous and the immoral and the dishonest will not inherit the kingdom of God. But it is not just a chapter of condemnation. Because the writer says in verse 11, And such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus uh, and by the spirit of uh, our God. Uh, your testimony uh, can send the message uh, to this lost uh, and dying world uh, that it doesn't matter uh, who you are. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what you've done. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what lifestyle uh, you've lived. Uh, God can wash you. Uh, God can sanctify you. Uh, you can be justified uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, and I know what I'm talking about uh, because such uh, were some of us. Uh, that's my testimony. Uh, he sanctified me. Uh, he cleansed me. Uh, he justified me. Uh, uh, your testimony can inspire people to say, if God could do it for him, uh, he might be able to do it for me. If God could do it for her, he might be able to do it for me. Mark chapter 5 tells of the deliverance of a man who was filled with unclean spirits. The Bible says he lived among the graves. Nobody could control him, but if he, they, they shackled this man 
he would literally break the chains and the shackles. The Bible says he was so disturbed that he was constantly crying out and cutting himself. The Bible says he was filled with the legion of demons. But when he saw Jesus, he knew that Jesus was not like anybody else he had come across. And in that condition, the Bible says that he ran to Jesus and he worshiped. And Jesus cast those demons out. And the Bible says that when the people heard about what happened, they came from the city and they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been demon possessed. They saw the one who had had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. The Bible says in verse 18, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And the Bible says that all marveled. Everybody was in awe at what they saw because there's a power in being able to go back to where you came from and say to the people around you, you all know what I used to be. You all know how I used to live. You all know how bound I used to be. You all know how I used to look. You all know how I used to live but look at me now I had an encounter with one who has changed my life but look at me now I'm in my right mind look at me now I've got joy I've got peace I've got purpose I've got passion look at me now yeah Oh my God, somebody needs to take your testimony back to where you came from. The last time you saw me, I was broken. The last time you saw me, I was cast down. But look at what the Lord has done in my life. Uh, My God, my God, my God, my God, see. Yes, God. Uh, And so we read this evening. In our text from the story of Lazarus, it was shortly before the death and burial of Jesus that he received word that Lazarus was sick and Lazarus needed healing. But the response that Jesus gave to his disciples, those around him, was that this sickness was not going to end in death, but end in glory. We'll preach about that one day, Pastor about how many times you have to go through death to get to the glory. I'm going to preach about that one day. Time after time, you see in Scripture that you've got to go through death to get to glory. But Jesus says this story is not going to end in death. It's going to end in glory. My God, I would to God that would get into somebody's spirit. My story is not going to end in death. It's going to end in glory. Uh, uh, I might have to go through death to get there, but my story is going to end in glory. Hmm. Uh, the Bible says Jesus waited two days after getting word before he told the disciples that they were going to go see Lazarus. 
He waited two days. And then when he told the disciples they were going to go to Lazarus, the disciples told him it wasn't a good idea because the people there in Judea wanted to kill Jesus. But Jesus told them that Lazarus was asleep. He needed to go wake him up. So in verse 12, the Bible says, Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then in verse 14, Jesus made it plain. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. It says in verse 15, And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. By the time Jesus arrived, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now, this is what you've got to recognize. When you look at when you look at the distance he had to travel, you look at the fact that Jesus waited for two days before he went, and that by the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. So the timing would indicate that by the time the messenger got back with the message from Jesus, Lazarus was already dead. Can you imagine getting a message from Jesus? This is not going to end in death when it's already died. Lazarus is already dead, and they get a message that this is not going to end in death. When Jesus got there, there was a crowd comforting Mary and Martha. The Bible says when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him and said that if he had been there, Lazarus would not have died. Later, Mary came out and said the same thing. If you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. The crowd followed them out to come to Jesus and everybody was crying. The Bible says that even Jesus himself began to weep. The crowd saw him weeping. The crowd began to ask why Jesus didn't just come to heal Lazarus if you loved him so much. If you loved him enough to cry, why didn't you love him enough to come heal him? But then Jesus said, take me to where he lays. And when they got there, Jesus told them to roll away that stone. And Martha said, by now, he stinks. It's been four days. By now, he stinks. But Jesus said, you're about to see the glory of God. And then Jesus prayed, and then he commanded Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says Lazarus came out wrapped in his grave clothes, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. We often talk about the resurrection of Lazarus, but we don't always talk about the after effect of the resurrection of Lazarus, the effect of the miracle, the testimony that it produced, and the power and the effect of that testimony. Yes, Jesus could have immediately rushed to Lazarus, but there was a reason he allowed the situation to get so far beyond help, get so far beyond hope, because when all options had run out and Jesus stepped in to do what only he could do, it created a testimony so powerful that it changed the people around him. Because the Bible says that many who saw the miracle began to believe in Jesus.
And in John chapter 12, Jesus went back to Bethany. The very next chapter, he went back to Bethany. He was having supper in the house where Lazarus was. It was here in the supper that Mary broke the alabaster box, anointed the feet of Jesus with the precious oil. But this is what the Bible says in John 12, verse 9. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. Uh, All of a sudden, they were not just coming to see Jesus, but they were coming to see the man with the testimony. They were coming to see the man that Jesus raised from the dead. The Bible says in verse 10, but the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Preaching here about the power of a testimony. Preaching about what a testimony can do in the people around you. All of a sudden, people were not just coming to see Jesus, but they were coming to see the man that he raised from the dead. And the Bible says because of what they saw in Lazarus, they began to believe in Jesus. Oh, I believe if you let God do what he wants to do in this church, the day is going to come where people are not just coming to East Wind uh, to see Jesus, uh, but people are going to come to East Wind uh, so they can see for themselves uh, what God is doing in your life. Uh, I believe if you let God do uh, what he wants to do, uh, if you testify to the world uh, like God wants you to testify, uh, if you go back and show yourself uh, to people uh, the way God wants you uh, to show yourself, uh, I believe the day is going to come where people walk through the doors uh, and they say, I enjoy the music. uh, I enjoy the preaching. I enjoy what I feel, but I'm also here to see for myself what God is doing because I remember how he used to be. I remember how she used to be. I remember how dead he was. I remember how dead she was. I've got to go see what God is doing. Oh, I say all the time, uh, sometimes your testimony uh, can be so powerful uh, that you don't have to say a word. Uh, Sometimes your testimony uh, can be so powerful uh, that people just come uh, and they take one look at you. uh, They know what you used to be. Uh, They take one look at you. uh, They know where you used to be. Uh, They take one look at you. uh, They know how your mind uh, used to be. Uh, You don't have to say a word. Uh, People take one look at you uh, and say, yes, God uh, is a healer. Uh, Yes, God uh, is a deliverer. Uh, Yes, God. God is a way maker. I see it for myself. Uh, my God. Uh, I believe God is ready. I believe God is ready to turn this church into living epistles to be read and known by mankind. Uh, it's time to live it out. There's an old saying that you should preach the gospel to everybody and use words if necessary. Meaning that you are a living example of the gospel and that what you live out and what you live through can be more effective 
than even your words. I've learned sometimes people want to argue about your theology. They want to argue about your doctrine. But it's pretty hard to argue with your testimony. That when they know where you were and they see the hand of God in your life, it's much harder to argue with your testimony than it is with your theology. I read where Louis Giglio said that people say all the time, I don't have a good testimony because they think that their story has to involve some dramatic story of change from bad to good. But he says, sin doesn't make us bad. Sin makes us dead. Jesus came to save by bringing the dead to life. And that's the most amazing testimony that you can have. Doesn't matter what your story is. You've been raised from death to life. And that's the most powerful message you can send to your world. So don't be ashamed of your testimony. Because the day is going to come where people won't just be coming because of our message. They won't just be coming because of our music. But they'll come saying, I can tell that God is doing something in people's lives. I remember where she used to be. I know what he's been through. But look at them now. In this day and time, I'm getting ready to close. In this day and time where people are sharing so much bad news. People are sharing so much controversy and rhetoric. And it seems that people live to share these things in our world. But why don't you share what God has done? My God, why don't you start sharing your story, sharing your testimony, and see the power that it has to encourage you and to change the lives of people around you. I made up my mind if I'm going to share anything, I'm going to share the good news. If I'm going to share anything, I'm going to share the gospel. If I'm going to share anything, I'm going to share hope. I'm going to share peace. I'm going to share purpose. If I'm going to share anything, I'm going to share the message that the same God who picked me up time after time is able to pick you up. I'm going to share the message that the same God who gave me clarity in my mind and my spirit is able to give you clarity. I'm going to share that the same God that gave me the ability to walk in apostolic authority is able to give you authority in your life. Uh, let's stand all over this building so I'm preaching here don't forget your testimony don't get so distracted by the things that you're going through that you forget the things that you've gone through I'm going to say that again don't get so distracted by the things that you're going through that you forget the things that you've gone through. That you forget the things that God has already done in your life. 
I believe we ought to just take a few moments right now to begin to review our testimony. Uh, come on, somebody think, somebody remember. Nobody knows like you know. Nobody is a witness like you are. Nobody knows how many times you messed up. But God had grace and mercy. Nobody knows she, your testimony. Come on, review your testimony. There's hope. There's strength. You overcome by the word of your testimony. Come on, there are living epistles all over this room. There are Lazaruses all over this room. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was broken, but now I'm healed. Once I was cast down, but God has picked me up. Come on and review your testimony. Look and see what God has done in my life. Look and see what God has done in my life. Uh, come on, make up your mind. I'm not going to be afraid to tell my story. I'm not going to be ashamed to tell my story. I used to be full of hate and bitterness, but now the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I used to be bound by the spirit of fear, but now I have power, love, and a sound mind. I've got a story to tell. I've got a message to live. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. She. Yes, God. Yes, God. I, come on, all across this building. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, there's victory in this house. There's victory in this house tonight. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Every breath. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God. All my life you have been faithful. Come on, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. So good. There's a lifting of the Holy Ghost in this house. I love you, Lord. There's a lifting of the Holy Ghost. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hand. From the moment, from the moment that I wake up until I lay. God, I'm not going to forget. I refuse to forget. I refuse to forget tonight. Yes, God. Yes, God. Let's go. 
have reviewed our testimony tonight, we've reminded ourselves of the times that the goodness and mercy of God chased us down when we didn't deserve it. But I want to challenge us here tonight before we leave that we make a commitment. We're going to wake up tomorrow going into this week looking for opportunities to share our story. Looking for opportunities to share our testimony. Looking to be sensitive. Talk to somebody just not trying to preach. But let me tell you what God has done in my life. I know you can't tell by looking at me, but let me just share a few things that God has done for me. And I believe you'll see the power of your testimony come alive. You'll see this church impacted by your testimony in ways that you haven't imagined. Come on, can we make that commitment? God, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be sensitive to your leading and whatever doors you open, God, I'm going to start reaching out with my story. There will be purpose from my pain. There will be purpose to my story. Uh, come on, one more time. One more time. All my life you have yes, been faithful. Yes, God. Yes, God. All my life you have been so, so. faithfulness of your goodness of your power Lord I pray God that you would allow this church to be a lighthouse in this community even as the moon reflects the light of the sun Lord the church can reflect the light of your glory and your greatness and that oh God we can be a help of strength 
the testimony of what you've done for us. We thank you for this word, Lord. We commit to put it into practice in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Hug your brother or sister and tell them my story will end in glory. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.